You're listening to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Our mission is to provide thought-provoking, powerful, and practical information to help you in creating your own sustainable, wealth-generating law firm without overwork or overwhelm so you can live your best life. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Elsa Waite-Smith of the Law Offices of Elsa W. Smith with offices in Annapolis and Laurel, Maryland. The Law Offices of Elsa W. Smith provide estate planning, business law services to startups, and family law. Elsa's been featured uh, featured guest on radio, television, and internet programs, and she hosts her own YouTube channel. So welcome, Elsa. I'm so glad to have you here today on the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Hi, Davina. It is such, such a pleasure uh, to be a guest on your show today. Oh, great. We're going to have a, a, a lot of fun today. I, I just know it. Uh, I always enjoy talking with you. So this is going to be fun. I've been looking forward to it. Uh, so why don't you start out telling us a little bit more about your law firm and the, the clients you serve and how you serve them? Well, uh Our law offices, the law offices of Elsa W. Smith, uh, as you uh, correctly noted, we focus on uh, wills and estate planning uh, and small business consulting. Uh, We do also offer a very uh, defined uh, family law practice, and that uh, involves uh, cases involving special immigrant juveniles. Um, And those usually touch uh, in the areas of custody um, and guardianship. Uh, we also right. do name changes, uh, protective orders. So it's a very limited family law practice. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so, and, and just recently, we, you know, we're growing the practice. Uh, 2020 is proving to be a year of growth. We're growing into uh, probate. So we're now offering that as well. You've been doing yeah. the juvenile justice work for quite a long time, haven't you? Um, yes, you know, it's, it's so rewarding, uh, because the, for those who aren't familiar with, uh, special immigrant juvenile status cases, um, they primarily involve undocumented minors, um, who are seeking legal status, uh, in the United States. And what I do in the family courts is secure what are called predicate orders because in order for these juveniles to eventually, you know, be eligible for, for visas to remain in country in the United States, they need what are called these predicate orders from a family court judge making findings that they do qualify uh, under the laws of Maryland and under federal law for a special immigrant juvenile status. It is truly one of the joys of my practice because the, the, the population that I serve um, at least at this point, are Hispanic. And I am I am Afro-Cuban, and I love representing uh, Hispanic families before the courts in Maryland and showing them that in spite of the trials and tribulations that they have suffered in their home countries and in getting to this country, uh, when they arrive, they're thriving. So it, it really is a, a personal sense of pride for me. Um, and it's a service that I that I enjoy rendering. You know, I I truly have a servant's heart, and to do this kind of work, you really need to to have a servant's heart. Right. So so t- let's go back and talk about um, your how you became a lawyer, why you became a lawyer, and 
what your the first years of your practice were life like before you went into uh, business for yourself? Well, like with uh, most entrepreneurs, you know, my my journey has been one of evolution. Um, and where I am now uh, resembles nothing of where, you know, how I, I started as a practitioner. Um, I was originally licensed in the state of Florida. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I was born in Puerto Rico, but I was raised in South Florida, uh, went to law school in Florida, um, and worked in, uh, worked in private practice, uh, worked for myself. Um, and basically did a number of things. The, the, the area of law that I focused on for the longest time was in uh, criminal defense. I absolutely love working with people and criminal defense, specifically serving as an assistant public defender uh, in, in the early years of my practice um, gave me the trial experience gave me that uh, confidence in court and it also gave me the exposure um, to people from all walks of life. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that, you know, that's like the beginning of my practice. I also, um, when I was no longer with the PD's office, I did, I had stints with personal injury, uh, med mal insurance defense. And, you know, like I tell people, it was a process of kind of whittling away the areas that I didn't like that weren't a good fit with who I was at the time and who I am. Fast forward to like the fall of 20, uh, 2006, I got engaged. I moved to Maryland, uh, where in Maryland became my home. I got married a year later um, and I worked in DC. Uh, doing uh, contract work, e-discovery work for uh, very prestigious firms um, on K Street in D.C. Um, but soon I got that entrepreneurial bug again. And um, the difference was that I didn't have the network that I had established in South Florida. Right. So I was looking at, um, you know, reinventing myself you know, single. Well, no, actually at the, at the time, you know, I, I was a newlywed and no kids. So I just, I jumped, you know, to, to quote, you know, Steve Harvey in his book, you know, jump. I took that, that leap of faith having no networks really uh, here in the, um, you know, Maryland, DC uh, area. I jumped. Why? Right. Because, um, like so many of the things in my life, they've involved a step of faith. Um, and I did. And I volunteered. I shadowed people. Um, I started out with uh, having a virtual office. And that's the, uh, that's the Laurel office. And I've kept it till this day. And I saw people uh, by appointment doing, uh, again, doing uh, lots of, you know, criminal defense. Um, and I needed an office to see, to, to meet my clients. So right. the virtual situation worked for me at the time. Um, but as with all things business, you have to be nimble. And as you want to grow and if you want to serve more people, um, you need to, you know, adjust your business model. So fast forward again to, uh, 2012. Actually, the, let's see. Actually, no, uh, just the, 
about three or four years ago, I -hmm. decided to launch um, or open the Annapolis office. Right. Why Annapolis? Why Annapolis? How did I come to Annapolis? Funny enough, the power of networking, I had a very good girlfriend um, who does immigration work. And she had just moved her office uh, to Annapolis and said, Elsa, you know, there's, there's opportunities here to, you know, really have a footprint and really serve uh, the Hispanic community. You know, I'm a native mm-hmm. Spanish speaker. And I said, hmm, interesting. But what I discovered was that uh, there were other communities that I could serve. Um, just in touring Annapolis, um, I liked the feel of it. I loved the fact that everything was so accessible. So I took yet another leap of faith and opened the Annapolis office. Um, and I decided to keep the Laurel office. Um, so now I have two. I have two offices. Um, That's fantastic. It allowed, That's fan- yeah, no, it's, it's, it's stretching myself. And I spend most of my time actually in the, in the Annapolis office. I see uh, clients in both offices by appointment. But um, the, the, the step forward and adding that Annapolis office really opened me up to uh, just a, a whole network of other folks um, in different parts of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's provided me sources of uh, referrals, uh, new clients from different parts of Maryland. Um, and I absolutely love it. I love it here. And um, I'm always, and I'm still looking to grow. Um, now, how I came to uh, the estate planning side of things, uh, there came a time when, you know, the, the, I wanted to, to scale back what I was doing in criminal defense because, quite frankly, mm-hmm. it got a little exhausting um, going oh, sure. you know, to, 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 yeah, to different places all around Maryland. You know, you were going through uh, not only meeting clients, but you were also, you know, as part of the practice, visiting, um, you know, penal institutions. And it, it gets kind of tiring. And I wanted to change the pace uh, of my practice. And I wanted to, frankly, improve the quality of life that I had. Right. So I thought to myself, how can I best serve uh, people but still, you know, earn a living? Because at the end of the day, it's a business. And, and right. you do want to find a practice that's a good fit. So I looked at uh, estate planning. And I took CLEs. Um, I talked to other practitioners. And what I discovered was that, <laughs> much to my surprise, that it was, it's more than just, you know, drafting documents for people. The more I studied and, and the more I got into it, I found that not only was it a source of empowerment for me, but for the people I served. And then I had that epiphany. I went, aha. You know, you have, Davina, you've, you've in business, what what motivates you in spite of you know all the the, the trials and, and tribulations that a business owner has what keeps you going is mm-hmm. getting in touch with your why right and at that moment and at that moment i went oh my goodness i can empower people through estate planning through the advice i'm i'm and and specifically and then that 
when it when I got I got that more defined by empowering women. Now why right. women? Because um I while uh I was getting myself acclimated, you know, to to the Annapolis community, I got connected with uh the American Business Women's Association. Um it mm-hmm. is a is a national professional development organization for women, by women for women. And I I connected, I tapped into what I call a power source. And there's nothing like being in a community of like-minded women to really, you know, just motivate you and, and like supercharge you. And I said, wait wow. a minute. Now, now hundreds of women all across the country, I said, aha, I can use my years of experience, my love of the law, my wanting of my desire to to empower women through wills and estate planning, um, but I also can empower them. Right. Why? Because for so long, traditionally, you know, women have uh, always delegated, you know, finances, you know, all the headier stuff to, you know, fathers and spouses and male significant others, and we've taken a back seat. And when women are, you know, just getting, you know, going through a divorce, they've just gotten out of, you know, gone through a divorce, or they've lost their husband, you know, if they've died, um, they Mm -hmm. find themselves alone. And now they're having to deal with, you know, all these things that they didn't have to, to deal with before, finances, you know, asset management. And this also applies to younger women, younger professional women. Um, who are just entering um, the workforce or uh, they're just starting a family and they're they're starting to accumulate wealth. So the women that I focus on, my, my target market, if you will, range uh-huh. from young professional women who are starting to accumulate wealth to women who are either changing careers or in some sort of transition that have accumulated a certain amount of wealth but need guidance. And that's where I, and that's where I come in. You know, I, and and my marketing now is a lot more tailored um, to women. It's a lot more focused. Um, Even, you know, I, I'm on social media, you know, as you know, Mm -hmm. I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, and I have a YouTube channel. And the videos that I'm putting out there, everything about that content is more and more focused to, uh, toward women because it's wonderful that you are, have found yeah. it's I'm sorry it's wonderful that you have found your um uh you know real passion with working with women what was there some um catalyst to this Did, was it was it being a part of this group that really made you hone in on that uh vision it, it really did. I have to. I have to give them a lot of credit because for years, um, I was a bit of a of a loner. I was very independent and thought that you know I could just do things on my own. And you know I never was a part of a you know a sorority or you know or any mm-hmm. you know other like women's group on a large scale. And I just said, yeah, you know, it was just not for me um, because I wanted to be independent. Well, right. What I found was that there is strength 
in that in in the collective right and that was a powerful discovery for me i can i can still be who i was uh who i am in a community of women who value diversity who value entrepreneurship who value personal uh, professional development so i've i've actually i've really thrived and it's you know that that aha that that inspiration has really um you know it manifested itself in in different parts of my life um increased my confidence um you know tenfold um and you think you know oh you're an attorney you know you you should be you know you should be confident already i am however it it's pushed me out of my comfort zone and right. and brought home the fact that you know what there it's it's a it's okay to ask for help <laughs> you <know>? yeah yeah <laughs> as business women as business women you know a lot of times you know we're that that's one of the in that if i had something to to convey to to women who are starting out or women who are you know who who are looking to to find a way to to improve their businesses don't be afraid to ask for help it's right. out there i have been so blessed and so pleasantly surprised at the number of people who are willing to help me all i had to do was ask and once i did it's like the doors open you know it's like the heavenly yeah. gates open it's like ah you know and, and but that, it's amazing how yeah. it's amazing how <laughs> difficult it is the asking part though to get to the point where you you know can open yourself up and just say you know i really could use some help here you know as you, you know what Davina? like i i really think i mean and if we're you know if we're really going to be honest about it part of mm -hmm. it has to do with our ego Mm -hmm. right? Um, right and i i had to you know acknowledge that it's like you know what you you really don't know everything and th it's okay to say that you don't know and that right. not and to acknowledge that you need help and and to be committed learning constantly learning and admitting that you don't know that was so freeing um right. to me right and so, and you know we just simply cannot know everything you know when we're entrepreneurs and we're learning how to grow a business put that on top of learning uh, new practice areas i mean there's a lot there's a lot to learn and uh so it's it's wonderful that you found such a great um network of people that could be there for you to help uh, that could help you and continue to help you i'm sure and and i'm sure you you do the same for them you know in so many ways uh with the work that you do uh, tell me about your uh, practice today. You have a team that works with you? I do. I do. I have uh, an administrative assistant who I recently promoted to senior administrative assistant. Um, she's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I also have a virtual paralegal uh, mm -hmm. who works with me. And I also have a team that assists me in uh my social media content generation and and management right now was did you have a challenge with your because your practice is uh uh by you're bilingual and your practice is bilingual did you have a challenge finding uh the right people to work with you to work with your clientele you know at first uh it was 
but um, I read uh, there's a there's a great book um, it's called Who the A Method of Hiring um, and that reading that book um, enlightened me to the to the need of having a system in hiring in my hiring right. process uh, a clearly defined system my hiring process begins with um, you know uh, a, 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 like a 15 to 20 minute um, video chat on zoom mm -hmm. that's why I do my you know after after they uh, uh, answer initial questions on like a platform like indeed for example I call that list and then invite people to a video interview on Zoom. I can't recommend uh, Zoom or similar video platforms enough because right. you get so much more data to use, um, body language, how prepared people are, how adept they are with technology, right. uh, which is a part of my practice. So, I mean, if they can't even, you know, figure out Zoom, you know, that, that's going to call that list, you know. Just, <laughs> just right, there. right, right. If they're reluctant to get on a video call with you, it's going to tell Absolutely. you a lot about them, right? Absolutely. And then um, I have, a, and then based on that, I, you know, I ask for writing samples. I schedule them for um, a longer a video interview and then after that then I have them come into the office and then mm -hmm. once they're in the office I have them do um, uh, several exercises I have a laptop for them and I give them timed um, exercises um, and then based on how they respond to that um, you know I I'll make I'll make an offer or not um, right. but gone are the days of just having you know herds of people coming into the office and wasting, you know, precious time, you know, time that I don't I mean, have you don't have to waste. No, right. not at all. <laughs> well, that that's terrific. It sounds like you have a really good team helping you now. So I imagine that you have been um, growing quite a bit then in 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 the last year. Um, so tell us about that. Tell us some of the changes that have happened since you opened the doors. Oh my goodness. Um, since I opened this office and like I said, the Annapolis office is, is really like my home, my home office and where I spend uh -huh. the most time. I, for a long time and actually early, you know, early on in this entrepreneurial process, you know, I had to get over the fear of hiring the fear right. of right. you know adding adding one more person um but i realized that i can't grow i wouldn't be able to grow if i didn't mm -hmm. have a team um, right. so one by one i started you know adding uh, adding individuals screening them and 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 it freed me up to do what i really wanted to do which is network and bring in more clients and even as 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 we speak i'm planning to bring on the goal for this year is to to bring on an attorney um i don't know well, what big, that that's a big exciting step <laughs> it, is, it is and you know i'm still crafting the uh the job description and i i haven't decided what that relationship is going to look like but that that's the next big goal for me in in 2020 
um, is adding an attorney because I know that's going to free me. That's going to bring more revenue um, into the firm. Um, and the other, you know, major goal is to really uh, add more systems um, and refine the systems that I currently have um, mm-hmm. because I I do understand now uh, that you have to have systems in order to um, control the chaos or the, the you know <laughs> that, right. that that can come you know in in, in with growth with growth yeah absolutely yeah yeah so what do you think your biggest challenge your biggest struggle has been in being a solo oh my um i <laughs> record like see the biggest challenge um trusting the process um you know understanding that entrepreneurship is really not for the faint of heart um, one of the one of the biggest things, actually, now that I think about it, um, was recognizing the need for coaching. Um, right. You know, every you know, and the more I did research, um, you know, because for a time I I wasn't I wasn't aware of coaching services and you know different services that that were offered, and it wasn't until um, you know, I, I took a step of faith um, and, and had my first, you know, business coach that I said, aha, all right, I do need someone to hold me accountable. I do mm-hmm. need someone to push me, um, to, to help me clearly define goals. Um, and, and really, the, the, the value of coaching is that it not only helps you from a financial standpoint to get your goals and whatnot on paper, but also from a, I mean, not to get all woo woo or anything, but you know, from a spiritual side, Mm -hmm. um, it really, for having a coach really forces you to look within and, and confront the, the, the story that you've been telling yourself, the reasons why you tell yourself and women we're so guilty of this as women, um, particularly professional women, you know, that the I'm not good enough, you know, the imposter syndrome, right. getting past that and having someone um, by your side saying, you know, that you can do this and here's why and forcing you to look within. There's some work that you've got to do yourself that the coach can't do for you. And you've got to do that work yourself. Um, Absolutely. And for me, it um, you know I'm still in a process of evolving, but I'm nowhere near where I was year years ago. Um, I'm more self-aware. Um, I have looked at the the issues, the the concepts, the ideas that I grew up with, um, and you know some of the some of the personal things that have happened in my life that have been stumbling blocks for me and not, I guess, diminished my confidence in certain areas. Uh-huh. Um, but having a coach and, of course, you know, doing your own work and, you know, reading, reading about people who have excelled in your area, um, reading about the stories of other other businesswomen um, really gave me the confidence and, and, you know, the awareness of, you know what, hey, everybody's gone through something but in spite of they've persevered and they've thrived 
they've built successful, you know, high revenue generating businesses or, you know, uh, you know, businesses that, that give them the life that they want to have. Um, and those are the, the women, those are the people that I am modeling myself after. Right, right. And what are some of your favorite books that you like? I like, um, one of them, like I said, is uh, the one I mentioned, Who the A Method of Hiring. There is, um, there are other books by, um, oh my goodness, now the name is name is going to escape me. I know I should have. <laughs> but any, but I, know, I threw that one at, at you out of the blue, so you may have to, yeah, have to no, think no. about that for a minute. Yeah, uh, but books having to do with um, professional development and leadership, I realize that in order to grow your firm, you don't have to just understand business, but you have to understand leadership and what that means. Um, and leadership and management are two completely different concepts. Correct. You know, when I, in this transition that I'm, you know, that I'm on from being the attorney that, you know, works on most, most of the cases to being, you know, a CEO and being in more of a managerial uh, capacity, you know, requires you to have vision. And, uh, and leaders communicate that vision to their staff, to their team. Um, as I like to call them, you know, I have team members because they, they really are, they, with, without them, each one of them has a, a clear function in the practice. I communicate that to them and I also communicate, um, to them that they are valued. And that's really important to me. Um, yeah. as a leader, as a human being, communicating to other people that they matter and that they have a purpose in this firm. And right. you'd be surprised that, you know, sometimes that even goes a longer way than, you know, bonuses and, and other things. You know, people need to know that they have a purpose bigger than themselves. Absolutely. And you remember, you probably remember so clearly what it was like when you're, when you were, you know, by yourself struggling, trying to get things done and needing some help and, and, you know, that's vivid in your mind. So when you have people come in, especially good people for any uh, attorneys out there who have owned their own practice, I'm sure every, everybody's had the experience of hiring somebody uh, that didn't work out or wasn't, wasn't a good fit, you know, initially when you're first trying to figure out how to do this. And, uh, and that really, so when you get people who are a really good fit, you, it, you you value them so much, don't you? I do, I do. And if I may, uh, you you touched on a point. You know, on on I had an experience last year where uh, I actually had to let someone go. Was, yeah, I did, and that's something that as uh, business owners, you know, we're going to have to deal with. Um, mm -hmm. And surprisingly when I made the decision to let this person go because, um, you know, she just, she, her work product was just not up to par and I was losing money. Let me be quite frank. And I did not let the situation fester for a long time. And I made a decision. Of course, you know, I had counseled this person and offered, uh, tools to, to help them, uh, 
you know, be the best at their at their role, but those things were not helping. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to I had to make a decision, and surprisingly, um, I felt a sense of relief when I let the person go. Oh, I'm and sure. <laughs> it was it's for me um, personally because I. I, I pride myself in really, you know, developing a relationship, you know, a connection with my team members. So this to me constituted a severing and it was different for me. It was the first time that I had actually had to let someone go. And um, I wasn't sure how I was going to handle that. But I put my I, I took the feeling out of it and then mm-hmm. started thinking about the business. Right. And Right. And when you look at the numbers and you start seeing that, wait a minute, this person is costing me money and this person is not getting me closer to my goal, you have to make the hard decision. And I did. And um, like I said, I felt relieved. Um, and I'm glad that I didn't let the situation um, linger. Right. You know, I know you to be. I know you to be such a heart-centered person that every person that you invite into your world is, uh, you know, a special relationship, right? So that that taking that step and really working through and saying the business is a separate, it's a separate entity from me, and this is about the business. That's you know that's a challenge that a lot of women attorneys have. Not all, but a lot of them have that challenge of saying, you know, it feels so personal when you start the business and it's your business and it feels like it is you, right? And Absolutely. being able to separate that, you know, it's wonderful that you were able to move so quickly and separate that for yourself and not take it, you know, to heart. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I a member of like different uh, women's groups, on online and stuff and I read about you know people that have employees that have lingered on you know a person's staff for like months you know and they know Uh the the boss knows that they're not doing well the employee is not doing well and they just allow this this condition to fester and I'm I'm thinking to myself my gosh you know how many nights of heartburn and you know headache yeah (laughs) are you dealing with that just deal with it already some some people make it easier than others to let them go too. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh, but but you're in a really good place right now with your business, and you've added uh, you're adding probate services, so that's going to be a very exciting part. So you're going to really combine your love for the estate planning, your passion for that, and um, and with your litigation experience by doing some of the probate work, right? That's what yeah, made you decide to move into that area? Well, you know, it's it's uh, you know a natural progression, you know, from estate planning um, and uh, legacy planning. You know, it, I want to not only craft the estate plan uh, for a, an individual, but I also want to be that lifelong partner for mm-hmm. them. So um, when, unfortunately, when when people pass away, then you know the probate process, you know, is, is, is activated in many cases. And I want to be that person that they, that trusted resource um, that individuals have that they can come back to and, and know that, Hey, if we entrusted you with our estate planning, you know, we need your help again. 
with right. uh, the probate process. Um, so I've already planted those seeds. I've developed those relationships. So it was a natural progression. I also have um, a wonderful paralegal with lots of experience uh, doing probate work, um, which is, you know, I, I, another another reason why um, I ventured uh, into into this area. Tell us, what are you excited about that you've got coming up in 2020? Like I mentioned, I, you know, the, the, the big thing is, you know, the bringing on of a new team member, uh, a new attorney, that's going to be a, a big thing for me. Um, I'm also looking at um, expanding uh, my current office space. Um, we are quickly uh, outgrowing our space, even though I'm, I'm doing my best to use um, virtual staff as much as possible. Um, I know that there's going to come a time when I need to uh, grow. Uh, so that's something. Um, that's very exciting. It is. It is. It is. And, you know, you have to, you know, weigh the needs of your your firm, you know, the needs of growth. People, you know, need uh, mm -hmm. more room. And a lot of times you have to expand even before you get the individuals in to fill the space. Right. Um, right. like making room for that growth. Um, so that's, that's what I'm looking for forward to in 2020. I'm also looking forward to increasing my social media presence, doing, um, more appearances like, like this. Um, it's funny. My, my husband says that, uh, I'm, you know, I just love being on camera or on, you know, online. You just light up when they turn the camera. Well, you know, you're, you're beautiful. So you've got that wonderful face for being on video and <laughs> uh, you actually, and, and I, I do want to talk about your things, some of the things that you do on social and marketing wise, because you have a really terrific, you have a wonderful newsletter that you put out. You have a YouTube channel. Tell us what that was like for you to, to when you first started doing all of that, did you have any um, issues with being visible and putting yourself out there? And uh, what made you decide to do those things? Well, let me talk, let me talk about uh, more the video, the video aspect, and then I'll, and then I'll touch on the newsletter. I got connected to um, a networking group of other professionals who think of Toastmasters, but for people who do video blogging. Um, wow. I got connected to them. We meet on a weekly basis. Um, and it's, you know, it's a safe space for people from all, from all different walks of life, all different professions to come in and market their services, you know, and, and you create, you know, a short video that you can use to on your website or however, you know, other, other uh, platforms on social media. So one of the things I, I, you know, had to get past was, um, you know, being the perfectionist, you know, everything had to be just so before I got on camera. And what I realized is that the things, the minutia that I worry about, people don't really care. Um, they care more about the content, um, the message, and they just want to have a connection with you. So I got, um, I, I love doing videos. 
Um, and even though, you know, I'll look back and go, oh, well, you know, that lighting could have been, you know, tweaked a little and I should have had this angle, you know, th that's just me, you know, yeah, <laughs> but quite yeah. frankly, I get feedback from people going, God, that was just a great, that was great tips on, you know, wills and estate planning, or that was a great video on, you know, small business tips. And they're not even paying attention to the minutia that I was paying attention no, to. No, no, so. nobody cares about the lighting but us. <laughs> no, no, whether this potted plant was in the right position or, or whatever, you know, I mean, people yeah, really yeah. don't care. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I really embrace that. Um, and video really, um, you know, just being in, on social media in general, but video, uh, you know, blogging um, is an avenue that I really want to dedicate more time to in, in 2020 because I realize that people consume information differently. So mm -hmm. I have a blog um, on my website, elsawsmithlaw.com, <laughs> and, um, you know, where people can, you know, read content if they wish, um, but they also can view videos you know, on the go. I'm trying to reach as many people in many, as many different formats as possible. Now, the newsletter, it's called the weekly, and uh -huh. uh, I've been doing it um, now for about a year. Um, you know, it, it, it's tough at first to, to generate all that content, um, but I found that it's important to be top of mind to the people that are following me and, um, you know, people who are interested in wills and estate planning and business issues, um, they've, they get just little tidbits, just, just enough little bite-sized bits of information each week. Um, and my image is on that newsletter and it goes out and that mailing list is growing. Um, it's free and it's, it's content that I want to, to share with right. people because the people are scouring the internet for content, valuable content. And the newsletter, uh, the weekly newsletter is a way to do that um, in a way that keeps people connected. I want, I want as many ways to keep people connected with me as possible. So I've got the YouTube channel, I've got the blog, I've got the weekly, uh, where I am on other social media platforms. So, um, you know, it's very competitive. What's, really, what's what I really love about your content, what's besides, you know, I mean, it looks fabulous. The, the design of the newsletter is beautiful. And, you know, you've got your, your picture there so people can see that uh, in there. Even if they don't read it, they see you there weekly uh, in their inbox. But one of the things that I think you do that's really unique and I'm sure powerful for your prospective clients is you your content is bilingual. You have new you have bilingual co content in your newsletters, uh, Spanish and English, and you have uh, your videos and even your Instagram. You put out you'll put out a meme and a quote that you love in English, and then you'll put it in Spanish as well and put it out there. And has that been effective for you? Has have you have people noticed that? They cert they certainly do. Um, and I'm, uh, I have a reason for doing that, even though the, 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 at least right now, most of my clients are, um, English speakers. 
but I need to communicate to the Hispanic community that they matter and the right. and that the that the marketing has to be targeted towards them. Um, mm-hmm. It's a way. So in my marketing, I'm seeking to inform as well as empower. Mm-hmm. The first step is informing. Um, mm-hmm. And if people who are uh, primarily, you know, Spanish speakers are seeing things in, in Spanish, you're like, oh, she's speaking to me. And right. then the thought process is like, oh, so she really cares. Oh, so that may be somebody I want to do business with. Right. And even if they speak English, even if you have Spanish people who are bilingual themselves, right? I'm sure mm-hmm. that that has a powerful effect because, uh, you know, not many, not many attorneys are doing that, putting out that kind of content in that way. No, no, no. And again, you in this competitive environment, you have to do what you can to set yourself apart. Right. Absolutely. Well, tell us uh, we're getting we're getting down to the end here. So I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. One is if you had uh, advice to give to another woman attorney who may be uh, a, not quite as far along as you are in your journey, um, what what would you what would you tell her? Um, a, a, a few things. One is to understand your why. Understand why you're, why you're doing this. Who are you trying to serve and why? Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is to recognize the need for, I'll call it coaching, but just assistance in general. You need mm-hmm. someone to stand alongside you to help you build the business. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help. And uh, the, I guess the last thing is to, to really change your mindset from expenses that you have to change the mindset to investments. You're investing in yourself. You're investing in your employees. You're investing in your firm. Um, and that will give you the confidence to, to grow your firm and to take those, those steps of faith that you inevitably will need to take in order to grow your firm and take it to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. It's worked for me, so that's what I would encourage uh, other other uh, business owners to do as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, and to, much, to to whom much is given, much is is required. So I, in the work that that I'm doing, I hope to empower as many women as as I can. Right. It's wonderful when you shift your perspective from you know, you and your own, you know, focus to saying, what kind of impact can I have? How can I impact? Like if I grow this business, I'll be able to work with and impact more people. Right. And that sounds like that is what is what you have done is really stepped into your why and thought about, you know, how, does my work impact these, the people that I want to serve and can I serve more of them? Can I create a bigger impact? That's right. That's right. So, so tell me, how can we find out more about you? If we want to look up and find out more about the law offices of Elsa W. Smith, how do we tell us all about your, where your YouTube channel is and your website and all that? Oh, all that good stuff. Yes. First, uh, my website, you can uh, reach me at Elsa, E-L-S-A-W-Smith-Law.com. 
Um, and you'll find my blog there. You can also subscribe to my website, my uh, newsletter rather, the weekly um, on that website. You can connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Twitter at Elsa W. Smith Law. You can also uh, visit me and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Elsa W. Smith Law. So I'm I'm all over social media, so there are plenty of ways to stay connected with me, and uh, I look forward to uh, growing growing my audience and serving more people every day. Right, right. Well, I'm so happy you were here. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. I always enjoy our conversations, and and I'm excited to. Uh, see how much you have grown in the past few years. And I can't wait to see what, what you have in store in the next several years. Thank you. Thank you, Davina. It's such a, it's been such a pleasure um, speaking with you and, and I too, I love our conversations. Um, it's really been a joy. I was looking forward to this. <laughs> so I'm really glad. I'm, I'm really Me glad. To that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been fabulous. Oh, great. Thank you. The Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast is sponsored by Wealthy Woman Lawyer, LLC. We help women law firm owners build wealth-generating law firms without overwork and overwhelm so they can reclaim their time and create the lives of their dreams. If you are ready to create more of what you truly desire in your business and your life, then you'll want to sign up for our free training, How to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at WealthyWomanLawyer.com slash webinar.